Welcome everyone to Simply Living Wellness, where you'll learn how to love yourself, heal yourself, and how to nurture your mind, body, and spirit. So today I'm so excited. We're here to talk with Sunshine Beck, who has a powerful healing story to share with us. Sunshine is a breast cancer survivor, having healed herself without any Western medicine. She'll also be sharing with us about spiritism. So she is a single mother of two, 19 and 21. Sunshine was born and raised in Germany, and at the age of 22, moved to the United States, where she now lives in Northern California. Sunshine is currently an in-home care companion for the elderly, and she started her own spiritist center about four months ago in Meadow Vista, California. It's called the Divine Light Spiritist Center, and we're going to get to hear about that today. So I'm so excited, Sunshine, to have you. Welcome on the show. Uh, hello, everybody. I'm so delighted to be here. Well, we're excited to have you. So Sunshine, why don't you just start by telling us about your healing story first in the history and um, and maybe give us some background about how you found yourself on this journey of self-healing and, and especially how you were able to avoid uh, radiation and the typical chemotherapy. So, Yeah, thank you, Donna. Yeah, it was about 12 years ago that I got the dreaded diagnosis, which was very shocking. I never expected to be diagnosed with breast cancer or with any kind of cancer. And interestingly enough, I felt instantly drawn to not following the Western model um, of cutting, burning, and poisoning, as they say, so surgery, uh, radiation, and or chemotherapy. And I think I kind of had an inherent knowledge that there is more to us than just the body, but I also think it was connected to the fact that a year prior, coincidentally, I had heard about a medium, a Brazilian medium by the name of John of God, which some of you might have heard of him already. He's world famous. Yes, I have heard. Oh, right. He is, he's not a healer per se, but he's a medium, which means he has the capacity to let high level healing spirits work through him and then facilitate healings. And it's not just him who does that. There's a lot of spirits in that area. Anyway, so I went. I felt very much drawn to seeing him and going to the area where he is. Which, and um, Where is that, by the way? That, so that's is it yeah. South America? Yeah, that's in South America. It's actually in Brazil, near Brasilia, which is the uh, capital of Brazil. Okay. Yeah, so it's a long haul, but it was well worth it. It changed my life. At the time, I was so-called healthy. I had no complaints. I just wanted to go there to open up my mind and just see what it was all about. And yeah, it changed my mind in many different directions. And then a year later came the diagnosis. And funny yeah. enough, Donna, I had already booked my second flight to visit John of God before the diagnosis. Because wow. Yeah, it was so horrendous the first time. I mean, horrendously amazing the first time that I, I was just longing to go back. Mm -hmm. And that was the flight was booked for December and the diagnosis happened in November. 
So the two things of me just kind of knowing that there is more to us than just the body and then that experience of John of God the year prior <clears throat> gave me or helped me to gain the strength to um, withstand the strong pull of the doctors who kept calling me for weeks, you know, mm. you got to come in, you got to have surgery and we have a spot for you right now. And, you know, you've got to take care of this. And it's hard to say no to that because you overcome what's fear and the unknown. And yeah, but I did, I turned it down and went to John of God. Good for you. And, and let yeah. me just ask, did you have pull from family or friends as well? Or was it just the doctor's? Interestingly enough, um, not so much for my family and friends because um, my family, I was raised with an alternative mindset when it came to the medical model. So um, my mother, my father was already, he had already passed on, <clears throat> but my mother was pretty much, you know, whatever you need to do. She was very scared, but she trusted my judgment. So there wasn't that, that much pull. And my friends were all very alternative like me. <laughs> <laughs> See, that only came in my life more later in life. So um, that's nice to hear because I interviewed somebody just a few weeks ago who you know, had it all around her. So it was really tough, uh, but especially the medical doctors, you're right. And, and I think, do you think it, um, with the alternative upbringing, a lot of that had to do with being raised in Germany? I know homeopathy is so common and herbal medicine is so common. Yeah, I think so. There is a lot more, it's mm -hmm. much more widely accepted to go an alternative route. Mm -hmm. so I think it had something to do with it, but it was also my family specifically that in that regard was more open-minded. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, help. And I know how hard it is. I've observed your people over the past, you know, five, six years who've been diagnosed with cancer, who have this push from spouses and other family members to do the Western follow allopathic medicine. That must be excruciatingly hard. Yeah. It's hard. And they're fearful too. I mean, they don't want to lose their yes. spouse. And so fear is a big component in here. So anyway, continue. So you got diagnosed, you had already had this flight booked, you went down again. And then what happened? Yeah, so I kind of went down with the question, well, am I doing the right thing of not following the allopathic, um, you know, medical model? And the answer in my, you know, when you were down at John of God, you'd spend a lot of time in solitude and, and, um, meditation and it's just a very different vibration much higher vibration and so messages come through so much more easily than you know in our world here mm -hmm. and so the message came through very clearly um that no it was fine i didn't need to you know follow the allopathic way and but it wasn't clear what i needed to do so that was a little disconcerting and disconcerting um, but the interesting thing is, so when I came back after that trip, I was convinced I'm on the right path to not do something, do the Western model, but I didn't really know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, but then it's very interesting, you know, in the next uh, five years after the diagnosis, I went to John of God twice a year, usually spent a month to two months there. And every time I came back, just effortlessly, almost effortlessly, the next step became clear. And what I learned is 
you know, when we go into fear, we don't see anything. We just, we don't know what to do. And at that point, you know, the doctors are so strongly, they're reaching out the hand through the fog to you and say, hey, come on this way. And most of us just follow it because it's just the only hand that comes through the fog. Mm. But if we take time out and we don't rush into surgery or, um, you know, any other methods of that nature, invasive methods, the answers will come if we just sit back and we have faith and we trust that this is our path and we will find our way. And we're asking, you know, we're asking the universe, you know, please give me answers. All we need to know is only the next step. We don't need to have a finely crafted long-term plan of how to heal cancer. You know, it's always just step by step, right? Mm. So, um, and that's what happened. You know, these visits to John of God gave me the peace and the, um, I should say, the time that it took to just kind of soul search, to go into silence and just listen. And then the answers always came. So I did a lot of different alternative things, um, you know, from diet change. And, you know, I did some anthroposophic medicine, which is linked to Rudolf Steiner in the Waldorf schools. I think most people know more about that. Um, and the anthroposophic medicine um, supports mistletoe, the mistletoe treatment. And so I did, you know, for years, mistletoe shots and mm. I did the hyperbaric oxygen chamber. And, oh, I got myself goats and, you know, um, milked goats. And I envisioned myself by milking those udders that I was essentially milking the cancer out of my own breast. <laughs> mm, visualizations, powerful, yes. very powerful. Yes. Strange picture maybe, but you know, it was really, and then I kept my, asking myself the question, it became a mantra. Well, you know, if I had six more months to live, would I be doing X, Y, Z in my life? And so I really got a lot, got rid of a lot of things that, you know, you just do because you think you have to do them. But if you had six more months to live only, you wouldn't do them. Exactly. So, oh we all could do that, whether we have diagnoses or not. Everybody can benefit from that. Yes, as a preventative method, you know, even. Mm -hmm. it's kind of like a decluttering of your life and it just redirects you. And yeah, so um, that was oh. in those five years. And there weren't any words to what I had really learned um, spiritually uh, through the process. And I will give some words to that. Those are concepts that I've only learned in the last five years. But I want to, you know, backtrack if you're okay and just say, after five years, four and a half years, I got the message, you're healed. Mm -hmm. And I didn't do any screening in those four and a half years, uh, four, yeah, five years since the first screening, which was the diagnosis. I gave myself that time. And I didn't know what the, that it would take five years. I had no idea. I just, as I said, I trusted and only took the next step that appeared to me, that revealed itself to me. And then the voice told me, well, my inner voice told me, you're healed. And, you know, my negative ah. mind, of course, didn't want to hear it. It was like, is, am I making this up? Is it wishful thinking? You know how it goes, right? Yes. And then I asked some friends, I said, you know, should I just, you know, maybe screen one more time? But I know it's so toxic. So I went back and forth for months. And finally, you know, I said, you know what? I'm going to bless the next mammogram. I'm just going to go because it gives me peace of mind. At least it's another baseline. I know where I'm at. Mm. And so I allowed, I literally allowed myself. <laughs> Radiation, right? Mm. Exactly. 
and I had that mammogram and you know the doctor came out and didn't say a word he just, I mean he, he did say well congratulations we can't find any cancer but didn't ask anything like what did you do I mean we can see that you know you didn't do any you know yes it was the same doctor yeah. then it, well, it was well, it was the same, um, you know, it's the, here at Sierra Nevada, it's the, I think, outbuilding four, you know, yes. center, you know, I think it's called, um, it was in that center. I don't remember that it was the same person. I probably wasn't, but you know, they have all the information and they have the before and after shots, right? That's right. <laughs> he knew. But so that was curious, but I was so grateful, Donna. Oh, I gosh. I had never felt gratitude at that depth ever. Uh, it was gosh. just, wow. You know, it felt like I got another lease on life and it was just so relieved, so grateful. So my heart went open, you know, open up so deeply. It was amazing. Mm, so for that, it really was worth doing the mammogram, I think. Yes. Oh yeah, it definitely just- just no a second, you know, assurance. But you know what I love so much before you get on to the next part of spiritism, what I wanted to comment on is that how you just trusted and you you took the time to to be in solitude and connect and you got the next step to take. And that's so lovely because in today's world, even though alternative medicine still is probably a minority, obviously over traditional, but you know, I'm sure you have this too. And I have this really, you know, in a big way where there's so much out there and there's so many different ways of, you know, methods you can follow and so many different healthy diets you could follow. And some say no carb and some say carb and no meat. And, you know, there really are so many different methods and and just the different types of energy work and, um, herbs and vitamins and, you know, healing methods. And I just, I want to try them all, but then I get so wrapped up in all these different methods that honestly, there, there are a hundred paths, even in just in the alternative realm that you could follow. So, so that is really good advice, I think, for others out there that, you know, don't get caught up in everything you could possibly do. And, everything you read online that can help, which they all can probably help, but it's what's right for you. And the only way you're going to know that is by listening to the inner voice and then giving it a chance to come out. So I I love that you shared that in your story. Yes. Yes. You're absolutely right. It can get totally overwhelming and confusing to pick the right path to healing Mm -hmm. on the physical level. And, um, but, you know, we have to keep in mind what worked for one person doesn't necessarily work for another because we're all different beings and we get sick for different reasons. You know, yes. all of our reasons for getting sick are different, which means that our path to healing will be different as well. So it's nice to see all these different methods these days. In 12 years, they weren't that widespread, but... You know, you're absolutely right. Only silence can actually give the answer because the answer is there. We just need to um, sit back a little bit and relax and step out of fear to hear the Mm. answer. Yes. Silence. And um, one of the things I've been, the journey I've been on personally the last couple of years is 
learning how to connect to higher guidance and it, it can be silence it can be hearing the inner voice which for me um doesn't work as well but i think a lot of that is because i my life is too hectic and i don't slow down enough and and you know i haven't had an overwhelming reason to which i should but you know you you were forced to i mean it was kind of like life or death and or traditional medicine which you didn't want and but there are i you know other ways that i've explored are um using like a pendulum or oracle cards or things like that but um i'm working on it and you know <laughs> i i i know it will come i trust that i'll continue to develop that that ability to hear the inner voice um but it can come in a dream it could come just in a, a synchronicity really it's just just taking the time to notice them really yes exactly you're absolutely right yes right good so um so then you were completely free and so that was how many years ago it was five years from the diagnosis but how many years ago was that from now uh, about six about six okay you know time i just don't even keep track anymore <laughs> I know it goes too fast too. Back in the five-year model. No, um, I think it's more like seven because it was twelve years ago that I was diagnosed. Yeah, so it's seven years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay, and so you um, continued going to visit John of God, or no? Actually, I I, I slowed considerably down um, because what happened was that um, right after my um, clean bill of health, so to speak. Um, I received a notice that there is a couple locally, it was, they're not anymore, um, who were linked to John of God. She was a Brazilian medium doing the same work that John of God does, essentially. And her husband was American, and they started um, having meetings, doing the same kind of, um, yeah, I'm channeling healing spirits and, and helping people heal. And um, what I, you know, so... It was almost like I had my local John of God. And what I learned through the process of going to John of God and um, the group that then was called Brazilian Spiritual Healing with Tanya and Greg Stewart, and some of the listeners might have heard about them here in Nevada City, because um, we used to come up here every other week to um, hold a healing circle at Unity in the Gold Country. And, I remember that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the whole model, you know, I mean, model, the whole thing, you know, John of God and the work I'm doing is really based on something that's called spiritism. And spiritism um, is very, very widespread in Brazil. There is, uh, it's the second largest, and it's not a religion per se, but spiritual movement next to Catholicism, which is a religion. And that's in Brazil. And here in the United States, nobody really knows what spiritism is. No, I haven't heard of it before yeah. you. Yeah. So it actually, um, in some, you know, how can I say this best? Uh, spiritism is very open to um, the fact that we can communicate with spirits. And that's called mediumship. So those people who have an ostensive uh, relationship with the spirits, meaning they can actually give those spirits voices, are called mediums. And it's, it's ancient, um, that model, because even the old Egyptians and the Romans, it has existed. Moses was a, um, 
was a medium. He received the messages on Mount Sinai from God, right? That's mm-hmm. a form of mediumship. Mm-hmm. Jesus was a medium. Um, he received constant messages from, you know, on high. And in between, there is so many people, so many famous um, people who have mm-hmm. been mediums. But really, the, the, the fact of the matter is we're all mediums. Mm-hmm. We can all get messages from the spirit world, from the spirits. So just some of us have it a little more developed uh, that we can actually give those, we can so-called incorporate or give those spirits voices, like John of God and this lady Tanya and some others. And um, so what happens what happens as a result is there is a lot of information out there from the spirit world which spiritism is based on but the first phenomena um, happened actually here in Heightsville New York in the United States with the Fox sisters and they heard knocking and um, um, moving tables so it was very much phenomena that they um, mm-hmm. brought to the people and later on all of this came over to Europe and particularly in Paris France um, a scholar uh, professor very smart person who was um, educated at the Pestalozzi Institute which was the highest regarded with the highest esteem in Switzerland at the time. And this man was Professor Rival, a French. Oh. And he came across those table turning, was like the latest bat, like in the 1800s in Paris, France. And he came across those phenomena and with his intelligence and his logic, he said, it can't be that there is an intelligent principle behind a table. This got to be something else because all, we all know the table is an inert piece item you know there is no soul there's nothing in it yes and so you know what's next 50 years of his life he spent researching these phenomena and communicated through teenage mediums and he picked teenage mediums because they were the purest from his perspective the ones who weren't really educated yet so they couldn't know many of the information he got from the spirit world so he wanted to make it as pure as possible all over the world, he, he got these teenage mediums, uh, he employed them asking 1,019 questions, which were then compiled in his first book called The Spirits Book. And um, okay. that Spirits Book, it basically, Spiritism explains, or the spirits explain where we come from as a soul, why we're here, and where we're going. Wow, wow. So, yeah. So, so this this goes back years and years. Then you're talking about 1800s, yes, late 1800s. And actually, it's age. It's ancient. You know, remember Moses? He was yes, a- yes. Yeah, but it was it was then Professor Rival who later on called himself Alan Kardec. He, that was his pen name, who codified Spiritism, who brought all this information together to make it more organized, more palatable for our minds to give us this gift of information that the spirits um, uh, communicated through those mediums. Um, it's really quite amazing. So, so spiritism actually has five pillars. Mm-hmm. Um, spiritism recognizes the fact that we have a soul, that we are a soul, and that our souls are immortal, which leads then to reincarnation. So only our physical form dies. Mm-hmm. Our, our souls continue on and going from lifetimes to lifetimes and these different which is called reincarnation and these many the lifetimes the purpose for them is really to perfect ourselves through all the different experiences we have every single life 
And um, there is life forms in all planets. Mm-hmm. You know, this is all information from the spirit world. There's life forms in, on all planets. And all the different planets that are inhabited have different consciousness levels. There's actually five different consciousness levels. The earth being only the second to last. So we're still... Oh. <laughs> interesting yeah we we don't have much i mean it's it's actually easy to understand because we still learn primarily through pain and illness right Mm -hmm. if it goes well we just we just live it up you know we don't have the consciousness yet to be to focus on our moral development love is not yet the primary force on planet earth that's right that's right suffering that's primarily the force here and through those we primarily learn on this planet but there's other planets that once we graduate once we've reached a certain level of moral development we can graduate to other planets where love starts reigning more and more until we come to you know back to god Mm. so there's many inhabited inhabited worlds um there is a God. Um, Spiritism recognizes that there is a God, the first cause of all things, the um, primary intelligence, and that the fact that we can communicate with the spirit world through mediums. So, so there's so a yeah. Are the spirits, um, sorry to interrupt, but are the spirits then different from God? Or, I mean, we're all God. Is it, Do you believe that too? Is that yeah. what they say? Yeah, God. Um, we are a part of God and God um, expresses itself through us, but only to the level of our openness, our moral development, do we actually incorporate God. See, when we're like here on earth, it's pick a criminal, right? Mm-hmm. He, has a, he has a divine soul, he's a part of God, was created by God, but he hasn't developed morally enough yet to know that killing is not the way to go. Exactly. You and, you and I might have already gone through our phases of killing and know now that no, that's not the answer. But we might still do some Facebook killing, right? Character. Um, we might still attack people, which or you know slander, which is a mm. form of killing, but on a l- less material um, level. Yes. Still the same um, impulses. You know, we still have those in us and hopefully through more lifetimes we learn that that's not that's pain that's that's inflicting pain it's a form of killing it's a form of destruction you see what i mean mm-hmm. yes yes now a lot of what you're talking about you know i've i've heard these concepts before so it must cross over with other teachings like like buddhism or yes. you know there's many obviously but well, I mean, the, the beautiful thing is once we reach the truth with capital T, then of course it will be always the same because there's only one truth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of spiritual paths and religions um, are tapping into the same, of course, because that's the truth. Yes. So even, even Christianity has some good to it. You know, I mean, the morals and the original teachings were a lot of good it's yes. what's happened to it since <laughs> right i mean i wouldn't even say uh, yeah of course you know jesus um you know brought love to this planet he was the one after moses who was just like said do's and don'ts it was very um 
still wrapped up in the punishment. You can't do this. And then this happens. But Jesus was the one who brought love to this planet. The first Christians did nothing but good. They went, they were humble and, and loving and caring and charitable beings, right? Following in the footsteps of Jesus. But then religion came along and religion tried to control. It just destroyed these what Jesus really brought to the world. Yes. Fear came in and our lack of, on this planet, our lack of consciousness. And so the church fathers used, started using religion to control the masses. And now we have come to a place where we throw everything into the bathwater and want to chuck it out. Christianity, Jesus, religion is all in one muggy water. Instead of taking Jesus out and st starting to study Jesus and what he brought to the world, devoid of religion, then we see that he's the governor of our planet. He's the one who's trying to help us get on the right path. Mm -hmm. But our eyes are so glazed over because we, we just see, oh, there's all these religions and they are no good. So we throw Christianity and Jesus out. I've been there. I've done it. And I'm just through spiritism, really learned to set the boundaries and go directly past all the religious, organized religious models to spirit, to Jesus and starting, starting to understand, you know, one is actually the Sermon on the Mount really is what Jesus is the, how should I say it comprises everything that Jesus brought to planet earth. Hmm. And it's the loving model. It's, it's do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. It's just running the golden rule. It's just love your enemies as you love yourself. How many of us can do that? We don't need a church. We don't need a religion to practice those and mm -hmm. to understand what they mean. It's really just becoming a better person. Exactly. Spiritism really helps to clarify of how to get there. Through the Spirit's book, there is also the Gospel according to Spiritism. There's the Medium's book. There's Heaven and Hell, which explains, which busts the myth that there is a play, a place where we go, which is either heaven or hell. It doesn't exist. It's very different. Yeah, I believe that as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I know there's so much you could talk about, about Spiritism, and we should probably have a second uh, recording, you know, interview where you go even deeper in spiritism, but I want to bring it back to your healing and, and then also talk about your new center that you just opened. But when you, um, what would you attribute to the healing in relation specifically to spiritism? I mean, you talked about being in solitude and meditation and going to be around other spiritists helped you learn that and do that. But how, can you tie the two a little bit together in now in, an, in another way? Yes, I can. Um, what I learned is that actually our diseases reside on the soul level. And from there, they calcify in our bodies, which is the densest part of us, our physical form. And it's not that the body actually creates the disease. And that is something novel. That is something that most people don't realize. And mm. that's why most healing models, they focus on the body. Um, even the alternative healing models, they focus primarily on changing the body through diet and whatnot. I'm not saying that's not important, but it's only one aspect because we are body, mind, and spirit. 
We're body, mind, and spirit. So to only focus when we're sick on our body and trying to, the Western model, cutting out body parts or the alternative methods, you know, trying to, to um, reset our body, it's not the whole picture, you know? It's okay, right. but it's not the whole picture. So we still have the mind and spirit. So what I learned through spiritism in my many visits to John of God, and these are the, the words that I found in retrospect, not at the time, is that when that disease is really thought in disharmony with God's law, and that's what needs rebalancing. So when the attitude of us human beings offends the law of love, the law of love, and thus disconnects us from this law, that's when disease develops, develops as a pretty much automatic mechanism of the organic physiology. When we disconnected so, from love. Yes. So when, we've, when we disconnect ourselves from love, which most of us are disconnected from love on this planet because we have so much fear. And fear and love are two opposite. They, they can't reside in the same at the same moment. We mm -hmm. either have our hearts open or they're closed. And when you're closed, we have run fear. And when it's open, we'll have less fear, right? That's right. So, mm -hmm. so health is really the perfect harmony of the soul. And in order to, it's really, so health is, is really um, achieving the creator-creature connection. That means that we connect ourselves back to God, and God is a loving, beautiful presence, loving and forgiving presence, just as Jesus is a loving and forgiving presence. And when we become more like that, when we become more God-like, and Jesus just as an incarnation, uh, like an example, an, uh, an incarnation example of God on this planet. Mm -hmm. Or in a very, very conscious, evolved yes, soul. If we become closer to that, to the, which is the law of love, that's when healing starts happening. Mm. And so being down there in Brazil and being in, in, around others like that, seeking the same goal and being in solitude and in meditation and taking the time out and all of that helped you become closer to that love presence yes because i realized what that my thought my thoughts are my life so if i dwell on negativity a darkness on critical thinking i'm constantly putting bitter drops into my physiology into my body so if i however help my thoughts to um get restored towards in other words, if I become a more morally developed being, I focus on the virtues, I become more loving, more accepting, more kind, more patient, more tolerant, um, more tender, then, and of course, the most important, more forgiving, you know, because all the resentments we carry are detrimental to our health. Forgiveness is really the number one. You know, charity is defined by the spirit, by... Um, Forgiveness, indulgence, and benevolence. Mm -hmm. Those three is charity. I'm not talking about almsgiving. I'm talking about charity. So forgiveness is a huge piece. So when I was at John of God's and I just kind of like through symbiotic, just being there, I just 
downloaded these messages that then later on I learned through spiritism that they were real, that, that this is really true. We all want to become more virtuous, right, Donna? You want to become more patient, more kind, more tolerant, more forgiving, right? Yes, of well, course. That's what God is like. That's how Jesus was. So now all I need to do is, so how can I become that way, right? That's the hard part <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> with yeah. our human bodies and minds and... <laughs> Right, exactly. So there's certain steps. So the step number one is to understand what they are, to, to educate ourselves. Where is our goal? Where do we want to, how do we want to change? And so if we determine, I'm putting this only in a very crude nutshell, if we determine we want to become more loving as a, you know, it's just a blanket statement, then how can I do that? So first I need to understand what that means. And then I practice every single day. Now, I might forget, but then I have study groups. Then I go to something like a spiritist center where I have once a week a meeting where I delve into understanding how to become more charitable, studying, um, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, understanding what Jesus said, because a lot of what Jesus said was in parables, very hard to understand. Well, Spiritism explains it through the help of the downloaded messages through mediums from the spirit world. And all of a sudden, it's so clear to me, okay, so let's just pick the golden rule. To do unto others is I would like them to do unto me. If we use that as a filter through our daily life, don't you think we would change, Donna, you and I? Definitely, huh? yes. Huh? So it's remembering, remembering that and... That, 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 just that alone. Of course, there's a lot more, but just that alone, mm -hmm. you know, to, to surround ourselves with like-minded people who are striving for the same, then we become so much more, so much more giving. You know, we reach out, maybe we want to help the homeless more. Maybe we pat someone on the shoulders who has been rude to us. Maybe we don't post anything negative on Facebook anymore because we know that they, these other people are just as imperfect as you and I are. We're not, we're not perfect beings here on earth. It's just a fact, right? Yeah. How about this one? How about negative people? You know, I know there's a point where you can, um, you know, make new friends and let go of friendships and that kind of thing. But if it's somebody closer in your life, like a family member or a spouse or a child or you know, um, any tips on that? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, we don't have to, um, you know, Jesus said, love your enemies. That does not mean we have to be with them all the time because we, we can't, we're just not there yet. But if we keep in mind that they too are a child of God, they too have a right to live and they are just, um, it's just like we on certain other levels, still a little ignorant. And so maybe we can just rather pray for them or send them love or um, just forgive them for their trespasses. Remember, Jesus was nailed to the cross. He was pure love. He was nailed to the cross. And mm -hmm. what, was his, what were his last, word, last words? Forgive them for they know not what they're doing. I often, when I'm around people, sometimes my own children, I have to admit, <laughs> I just go in my mind, they too are a child of God and forgive them. I have to forgive them for they know not what they're doing. And how often do I maybe offend someone? And I don't even mean to, just out of my ignorance. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I'm setting myself up for those 
thoughts and I approach those moments and then I step back and I give myself time to maybe listen to something on the there is a actually a spiritist radio Kardec radio.com Kardec k-a-r-d-e-c radio.com and they have so many uplifting um um reports and 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 stories or i read something or i go into nature whatever to re rejuvenate myself and then i go back and i see it as a trial mm -hmm. obviously the people particularly family members children and spouses the closest people to us they're not in our lives for they're not in our lives randomly they're there for us to like diamonds to become whittled down to be all shiny beautiful diamonds <laughs> and to learn from <laughs> to learn from and they can learn from us but even if they don't want to learn from us but we become more tolerant more loving and more kind right mm -hmm. if we only surround ourselves with friends we don't practice being more kind right? exactly exactly but wow. the difficult people they are the ones that make our diamonds shine it really <laughs> commits to the work <laughs> that's that's a really nice way to look at it yeah wow well you can see right now we're gonna have to get together again and go a little bit deeper but tell us just a little bit about your center and where it is and how people can get to know more about it and others in their area because this will be you know broadcasted throughout the country so give us yes. what you can mm -hmm. to help yeah. people yes so um, my center is called Divine Light Spiritist Center, and it is currently in Meadow Vista, California. That is um, not too far away from Grass Valley in California, where you and I are, Donna. Mm -hmm. um, it's in Northern California in the Sierra Nevada foothills. And we meet uh, once a week, uh, Sundays from 3.30 p.m. to 5 p.m., and we usually um, do some studying and we have a PowerPoint, you know, just understanding all the different principles, where we're coming from, why we're here and where we're going after this life. And um, we also usually have some healing, uh, which we call passes. And then we get some magnetized water that's magnetized by the spirits. So that's the basic um, makeup of our meetings about an hour and a half and uh, we all practice and then we go into our weeks practicing to become more loving beings and um you can actually reach me through my we have a facebook page divine light spiritist center okay um and we don't have a website yet but you can reach us at i love sunshine at att.net which is actually my personal um um, email at this point. So it's I love sunshine at att.net. If you have any questions, and even if you have just questions regarding healing, alternative forms of healing, um, cancer, or any other illness, um, just reach out and get in touch with me. I usually get in touch, uh, return people's messages very quickly. Thank, uh, thank you. That is so generous of you to give out your email and I'm sure you'll get some responses. And also, so if somebody is sitting in Nebraska and they can't come to your center every week, what, how can they find Spiritus Center near them? 
And, you know, for all our listeners, all of these links and resources and everything mentioned today will be in the notes, the show notes at simplylivingwellness.com. So, yes. So people who would like to see whether there is a center near them should go to the website that's called the National Spiritist Federation. National Spiritist Federation. Dot com or? I don't know exactly. But okay. And then it should pop up. And one of the links then is Spiritist Centers Near You. Um, there's also a cardecradio.com, which is an amazing, it's a podcast radio. So you can download the app 24-7. You get so much information uh, on that. So it's K-A-R-D-E-C radio.com. And they also have a Facebook page that's called the same way, where you can listen to lectures and um, interviews. It's really very enlightening and uplifting. Oh, I'm going to check that out. Well, thank you, Sunshine. That, that was so lovely to hear your story, to hear about spiritism and all the resources. And I would love to visit your center. So I have to schedule that in. Yes, and anyone is welcome. It doesn't matter, even if you're you know, anyone with different religious ideas, anyone is welcome because ultimately nothing collides, you know, when we're talk talking about the truth. It's all the same, exactly. You don't have to know anything, you know, it's just beginners. Okay. We're all beginners. We're all beginners. Okay. <laughs> okay, well, I will take you up on that. And thank you, Donna. Thank you once again for your transparency and vulnerability and sharing your story and um, good luck with the center. I'm sure it will grow and uh, help a lot of others as well as it has done for you. Yes. Thank you, Donna. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Well, thank you everyone for coming on to the show and we will be back next week. <laughs>